Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, before we delve into things, I just want to tell you about our Liverpool streaming service. It is Redmen Plus. Get involved over there for extra Redmen shows in video form, in podcast form. You've got documentaries, features, interviews, and a hell of a lot more besides. If you join as a club legend, you get the Discord chat, you'll get free merchandise and a host of extra bonus perks. It's like Netflix for Liverpool fans. Get over there, get involved. Otherwise, let's face it, you're going to miss out on amazing Liverpool stuff in your life. Hey everyone, it's Redman Podcast Time. I'm Paul Machen, Steve Hall, Chris Pajak in with me, the dream team. Um, feels like it's been a while, has it? I don't think it's been, I mean, it's been a week maybe. No, it feels longer. Cause it? I, yeah, because you were away for a little bit as well. Yeah. yeah maybe a couple I've been here. Yeah. I've been here. <laughs> so again, Feels like forever. Excuse <laughs> Chris while he plasters on a smile and goes through this one more time. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, loads of stuff to get through on the podcast today. We're going to be talking about whether this is truly the end of an era at Liverpool Football Club. It's been speculated around that at the end of a cycle for the football team, but now with real huge moves happening behind the scenes, both from the ownership perspective and then actually a lot of the football people that sit between the ownership and the people on the pitch um, moving on and handing the notice in as well. Uh, massive changes of foot for Liverpool. We're going to talk about that and what that all means. Uh, we're also going to talk about Liverpool having a new doctor for about four seconds because ultimately, you know. Was that it? It might prove to be it. Um and then it's the today as we are filming this. It is the anniversary. Well, what's interesting is they find that it's difficult to get an appointment with a doctor as we do. It's <laughs> fucking nice, isn't it? To be fair, yeah. <laughs> even if you're a, yeah, even if you're a three billion dollar company, getting hold of a doctor can be hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, well, that's probably why they've gone with a with a with a British fella in the end. Like you mean, because I don't to get wear permits and all that kind of stuff. Um, Yes, and it is the anniversary of Steven Gerrard's debut uh, for the Mighty Reds, so we're going to be talking about him, and we're going to be creating the definitive top five Steven Gerrard goal rank of all time. The top five Steven Gerrard goal rank of all time? Yeah. Cool, I like it. 
I can see that doing numbers with that title. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you've got suggestions for what you think... Goal rank! Goal rank. <laughs> um, if you've got suggestions for what you think Steven Gerrard's best ever goal is, in fact, if you want to do your top five live in the comments, then you can do as well. Um, if you're watching this elsewhere, then you can join us on YouTube for this. Um, we have got a kickoff question. It comes from Steve O'Hare. Says if you could own one piece of historical footballing memorabilia to keep, not to sell, what would it be? So like, obviously, you could go and get the Jules Rimet trophy from 1966, and then just sell it and be dead rich. Um, yeah, but it's something you want to you want to keep, something that'll be meaningful to you. Funny answer. Arsenal's gold Premier League trophy. That <laughs> shot on my phone. Here. Ours is missing. Is what they'd be fucking saying. Just loads of photos of you holding up. The the real answer is probably a little strange, but it's one of the reasons that I sort of fell in love with Liverpool. I remember watching this on the telly and all that back in the. I think it was late eighties. It might have been nineteen ninety or whatever. But you know when John Aldridge threw his fucking shirt and his socks and his boots into the Palace crowd after the Palace nine yeah. nil, that would be the probably the thing that maybe means the most to me, which is madness because you know I only saw him for a year or two, and obviously you've seen the videos and everything else. But one of, that was part of the reason that I, I think I kind of fell in love with Liverpool. I what a mad, mad moment that is because I remember I made the news and being shown that on replays and all that kind of stuff for, for Youngs afterwards. Took his boots off. He and his socks. He basically <laughs> ends up ha- basically naked walking off the pitch. And it's um, would footballers do that? I know footballers are a bit more willy nilly and giving out shirts these days. You know, everyone gives them away to a kid in the, in the stands. I don't think they're whipping the shorts off. Yeah, less so. Someone did that not too long ago, didn't he? But less so. But for a moment like that. I wonder if Aldo like regrets not having that shirt. You know, like you know, it's a great moment, it's a pure John Aldridge moment. Scouts hero, burnt shortly but brightly at Liverpool. But that idea of just being lost in the moment and giving something to the fans is just so Aldo. But I wonder whether footballers would if that was if you knew that was going to be your last shirt at your boiled club. I'm not sure I would be chucking. That. <laughs> I certainly wouldn't be chucking that. He's a minimalist. Girl. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's it. Yeah. <laughs> but, his, but his wife's dead happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where does he leave to? Is he go off to Spain? Sashi dad, wasn't he? I wonder if he just couldn't be asked packing a suitcase full of kits. Just want to just fucking give them away. Like, you know what I mean? Luggage charges. There was no easier carry on them, was there? He was well, it, yeah, there was so much emotion, the whole thing from him, wasn't it? You know, yeah. the fact that it was his boy or club the and everything else. was packed up already. <laughs> I just thought it was brilliant, to be honest with you. Yeah. All those, all those 89. I'd yeah. go more modern. If not, I would go the ball from the Barca four 0 The actual mm. ball. I, I think I'd like. I wouldn't mind that one. I know it's multi-ball, and I know it probably wasn't the same one. But the one the that ball Arigi, that was thrown in for the yeah the corner taking quickly a Rigi goal one. I'd love to have that one. I'd try and get Trent and Divock to sign it if I could as well. Yeah, I think that'd be an amazing piece because that that goal is gonna like there'll be lads doing the version of this or girls doing a version of this in like fifty years time, and they'll be, and they'll still be talking about like the, one of the most famous goals of all time is that one, and it'd be nice that because we. It, not only is it something like of our era that reminds you of it, it's gonna be it's gonna be worth millions. It's gonna be, you know, one of the most memorable goals of all time. It's, it's up there already, isn't it? Top top goals and stuff. So I, I think I'd try and get Divock and, and Trent to sign that for me. If I could NFT a moment in time, so like you cut you chop that moment in time out and you get to have it in front of you to relive forever and ever and ever. It's the ball boy flicking the V's at Lionel Messi on the pitch <laughs> um, at the end of that 4-0. It's one of the most, it's my, 
one of the few moments that makes me so proud to be Scouse. Is your piece of memorabilia the ball boy? You want to own the ball I want to own that moment. <laughs> that I want to own. I want to be able to go into put a VR headset on and go and view that from every possible nice. angle. Nice. And, and and really like do one do one playthrough and I'm just looking at Messi's face and looking at you know mm-hmm. and 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 see and, and look at every detail of his face when that when he realised yeah, if that. you were, if you get anywhere you'd be in the ball boy's eyes wouldn't you see what he saw well, like Jamie, like Jamie yeah, no one else is, no one's little... got that though yeah. have they like you know what I mean and Messi's face when he realises that like a 15 year old scouse <laughs> lad is flicking in the fucking bees would be glorious so you've, lo- you've just lost you scored one of the greatest free kicks the world's ever seen you've beaten Liverpool 3-0 in the new camp and then you've gone and gotten trounced and by a 15 year old yeah I'd want it like like Pez replays, probably FIFA replays, where you can shift to the perspective of everyone within the stadium. Everyone who had eyes on that, I want to be able to see it from their view and perspective because that is one of the finest Liverpoolian moments in all of us. Can I just say, history. any of the Barcelona fans who sent me death threats or bomb threats to my house after I p- tweeted the picture of said incident, this was all Paul's idea. Do not get in touch with me because I, 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 yeah. Yeah, you can get in touch with me. Stay at the redmentv.com. Um, you can afford the emails to me. That's a fucking new thing, isn't it? Like, you thought that was going to happen at some point. Just redirect to me anyway. I'm going to see them anyway. Um, yeah, that, uh, yeah. Obviously, in terms of a piece of actual footballing memorabilia, it's really tough. I got used to Dan's autograph at a present. You did. You know what? Funnily enough, that's come up back up in our house again recently we've been we've been it was his, was it his goal in the Champions League final yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's but a good piece of memorabilia that. Yeah, it's a good piece of good piece of memorabilia like a, but I'd, you know, I'd rather have like the a ball <laughs> or a shirt or whatever from, from, right, from fucking hell. Ball, yeah. could you out. take Baggio's Divine Pony oh there's a piece of memorabilia. <laughs> yeah, that's a brilliant one. Re- Ronaldo, R9's little bit at the front from 2002. <laughs> Ooh, Ronaldo's boots from France 98. The Nike Mercurial ones. Yeah, yeah. They, they, were, like, they were like the like space age boots for the I time. imagine the doctor like, who, who was bringing them back to life or something, like 10, ten minutes before the final. I might have nicked those or I don't know. Mm. But if all the rumours are to be believed, they were Well, like the guy with Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson <laughs> probably got his white socks off. The point where they were, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, something like that, or maybe like I don't know, it's just a bit, it's a bit simple, but like Gerard Istanbul shirt. You're into like collecting tat as well. You're a big hoarder. Oh god, yeah, huge. Yeah, like, I, I don't get the whole memorabilia thing. It doesn't bother me really. But I can imagine you, you know you, what you would love like a coat. Well, we have got That's one. That's why you can't decide. Yeah, because there's so much, that, and also like this studio is. A, I have dreams. I have dreams about like doing supermarket sweeps. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to like places <laughs> where you, genuinely like yeah, it's but like classic football shirts. Yeah, hundred percent. I've been to classic football shirts, and it is my dream place. It is like an Aladdin's cave. Uh, and Aladdin's warehouse of uh, of every football shirt ever. Yeah, I do. I get like that was a good yeah. question. Though. Yeah, it was. It was a good question. Thanks so much to Steel here for that one. Um, but yeah, on that is because I, li- I like tangibility things, carry memories. And I think it helps if it's something you actually owned. But there's just something to like the touch and the smell and the shape and the feel of like the fact. It's why I don't like the the remakes of of the old footy shirts because the material's wrong on them and it annoys me because you don't get that same doesn't spark the memory You can t- if you touch a piece of material that you touched when you were 13 something in your brain carries that and it takes you back it takes you back there which is a really cool really cool vibe um, okay cool uh, we're going to be talking 
more retro vibes on Gerard a little bit later on. Um, we will be discussing the end of the year next at Anfield, um, but we have got a very short break. It is Cyber Monday yesterday, um, but we're carrying a Cyber Monday offer all this week. Here's some details on that. Hey everyone, we've got a great deal for you this week. Black Friday is gone, but it is Cyber Monday week. So if you sign up to Red Men Plus as a yearly club captain and enter the code Cyber Monday, all one word in capitals, you'll get 30% off. So come and get some amazing Red Men content for 30% off. Works out saving you about 15 quid. So yeah, redmenplus.com, sign up as a yearly club captain, enter the code Cyber Monday, and come and get some amazing Liverpool content in your eyes. And in your ears. Hey, welcome back. <laughs> Sorry, just for reference, do you want to just tell the audience what you thought you said you look like there? I sound like Perry Saturn, the wrestler on that one. Yeah, if anyone gets that reference, give yourselves a huge pat on the back. Very early 2000s wrestling reference there. Fellow, oh, that's why I don't know it. Um, I would have thought I'd have known it early 2000s. That. You I didn't know it. That was when we were playing SmackDown on the multi tap. He- do you remember when, like, the WWE signed like four guys from WCW on the same day. They signed Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero. Yes. Benoit. Uh, sorry, Dean Malenko and Perry, Perry Saturn was in that group. Right. And then he fell in love with a mop. Wow. Okay. But he was bald. Is that because that had hair? He was bald with a beard. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. He, he, yeah. Maybe he just wanted hair. Yeah. I, but I, I was just looking at that advert then I thought I looked a little bit like Perry Saturn, which was an odd reference to go to, really. But, no, yeah. when he was orange. He was a very orange man, yeah. yeah. I just looked him up in the break as well, and, you know, you. You, you, facially, you might look like him. Yeah, yeah listen, I'm, I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Headly, you might look like him. <laughs> but not bodily. Oh, no. Rate out of 10, how much Steve looks like. In fact, can we have a, can we have a, a one shot or, or put him on the two shot for us, please, Aaron? Just, just flex. Nailed it. Absolutely nailed it, in fact, for, for completeness sake. Get me, me a mop. As if we've got a mop in here. Fucking hell. Just fucking... Yeah, we, we don't have a mop because they leave a fucking river of water on the floor. If you had a mop, it wouldn't be fucking wet when I come in every fucking Tuesday and Friday morning. Hang on a second, I need to get, need that, was to get a, that was a passive-aggressive shout. I was at our cleaners there. That wasn't passive. That was just aggressive, Steve. Straight out open warfare. Right, in fact, uh, Aaron, can we get the picture of Perry Saturn up? <laughs> and yeah. then, can we cut to Steve, please? And then back again, back again, back again. And again, quicker, quicker, quicker. <laughs> Sorry, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> apologies, podcast. Podcast listeners, yeah. Google Perry Saturn. Google Perry Saturn, and then yeah, Steve does you may as well Google the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow, I didn't expect that took a turn. Who the four Penny Saturn would have got an early door shout out on the show? Yeah, got absolutely. longer than the club doctor. <laughs> 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 the four, after four months of finally filled the Baking Club Doctor Roland Perry Saturn, former WCW Renegade, said WWF Heels. And also, actually, uh, Scott Hawks with $25 in the Super Chat. Thank you, Scott, you awesome human. Says, nice Bill Hicks reference, Paul. As always. Missed that one. I didn't get top. it. Plaster on a smile and plough through this shit one more time. Um, um, you've said it that often, and I now think it's just yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've co-opted that. Is it? Yeah. Ne- I know. To, off top, I've never watched any of the comic books. Like, oh, mate, it's amazing. To. Yeah, I need to. Yeah, okay. It's on my to-do list. It's not going to get done. Uh, Alex Multi else on your to-do list. Falcon. <laughs> I would keep a match ball from 2005 Champions League final or a match worn Liverpool shirt from that game. Yeah. Is it? Would it be Gerard? By the way, if you had to pick, if you had to pick one player shirt from the Istanbul game. Yes. Or Duda. Or Kara. 
You love Jamie Carragher though. Yeah. And yeah. also all the cramp and everything and like you know what I mean. You want Jamie Carragher and the long sleeves look cool, didn't they as well? It's it the iconic one, Gerard or Dudek, I suppose. But yeah, that makes that's a good one. Again, the thing with match balls, that one uh, going back to it, it's like it's because they use this multi ball system now. It's not really the match ball, is it? It's, it's a match ball from of one of fifty balls or something. So you're the one that you want to guarantee the one that Gerard Edith, did the yeah. yeah that was the one because it's technically got like the remnants of Gerard's forehead sweat on it, and that's pure PR history. That isn't it, <laughs> that might come up later, mightn't it? It might. I Teaser think. for the show. Ooh. Audience retention. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Drama. Um, right, okay. Let's do the boring real life stuff because um, it's what a weird world we're in at the moment. The whole office I found has actually been quite happy in the last week or two and it's because Toffee TV are doing live streams of World Cup games and just rekindling their love of football. We've all basically stopped watching football or have it on in the background. We've had a few background games on caught a few goals and a few bits and pieces but everyone's generally more chill and having some breathing room and stuff. Um, I do, and I, I kind of feel a bit like that. We haven't got Liverpool to ruin our weeks at the moment which they've been doing quite a lot so far this season but I've had to switch off it's been, it's been part of this Chris is because the t- I've said plenty of times I don't want to get drawn into the takeover stuff too much but I am a little concerned about that and when you see the guy who was brought in as the heir apparent to Michael Edwards who we all know is a <coughs> pivotal part of Liverpool's success deciding after less than a year in his role that he, he wants out we know that Mike Gordon's moving up to handle takeover stuff and now Ian Graham who to most and most fans will be unfamiliar but we know to be a central part of the analytics team behind the scene at Liverpool um, and more to go as well it it does feel like everything that Liverpool have been built on over the last well the Klopp era is kind of I don't know whether it's unra- unraveling implies like it's all falling apart, but it, I mean it could be, or it could be part of the next evolution. But it certainly doesn't until more information presents itself. It doesn't look good. Yeah, I think that's right. I think when you think back to what FSG wanted to put in place at Liverpool Football Club, the data science department, the data research, the recruitment side of things, that's all changed. That was what FSG have not only built Liverpool Football Club on, but they built Boston Red Sox on. So that says to me that. FSG aren't taking this club forward because that's their model yeah. and their model's gone right now. There's no talk of who's going to do it. I did a show yesterday with Josh Williams at Distance Covered, a senior football writer at Reach, who is banging to all of this stuff over on Plus and it's absolutely brilliant, really eye-opening stuff. Um, and he was talking about his fears for this as well and I share those fears because what made Liverpool so good over the last 10 years is the recruitment. It is gaining an advantage in the transfer market and the people who've put that in place aren't at the football club anymore. So if FFG are going to take this club forward, they would have replacements. There's no word on who the replacements are. One of the things that I didn't know that Josh taught me yesterday on the show was that Part of Ian Graham's team, four of them are essentially Welsh guys. Ian Graham's a Welsh guy as well. Fa- number five is Will Spearman, the the, uh, the rocket scientist. Um, so these are guys that he believes that you know Ian Graham kind of grew up with, maybe went to university with, developed our analytics department with, and if they're a really close knit four or five person team, if Ian Graham's going, do the rest of them go? And just like in any other walk of life. 
I, I used this on the show yesterday, actually, Paul. I said, look, we had a website built in 2011. Um, it was completely coded by one fella, a group up in near St. Helens. And we and this was before WordPress. You take that to somebody else and you look at it and go, I, I can't read that. Yeah. That's what Liverpool may well be in. We've got the most experienced person in football in that role who's just left us. The person who's been doing it since 2005, 2006, longer than anybody else in world football, he has just left his role at our football club. He was the pioneer, described to me yesterday as the Guardiola or the Klopp of the data sphere in this football industry, has just left. How do you replace the best with somebody else on a system that was written by the best. You'd, yeah. like, you'd like to hope. I'm. I'd be honest. That kind of the stuff. I'm not that bothered by because I think you can find. I think they might because they keep their their insisting the models not changing. They're gonna hire a new. Sport. The model might not change, but how you interpret and how you read the model is what those people are yeah, there for. You never. You That's out, why yeah. they're the best. I get it because everyone's got the numbers. Every football mm. club around the world's got the numbers that they're looking at. But it's how you interpret that and put that into points on the pitch. Yeah, I, my thing, I've always just thought they'll do a little what they do with Julian Wall and just bring the next guy up, which is kind of what you're meant to do. Like, listen, we've been through changes here as a business, and you've, all, you've, you've that's just part of it. You you hope that the structure is sound enough that the, it doesn't ma- it doesn't matter, but like it looks after itself. So I'm, the sporting director thing, I'm not that bothered by. I'll be honest. I think you can just go and get another sporting director. Uh, the, the data thing is a worry, but again, I'd like to think that it depends where they're going. My worry is, and just in the back of my head a little bit, is that have they had a phone call off a club and they're all going to go together? So is Michael Edwards going to get on the phone to Julian Ward and to Ian Graham and go, right, lads, Chelsea have just offered us all... Let's go, all By all accounts, Julian's basically said that's not happening. They, they, yeah, Otherwise, they, they'd have put yeah, him on yeah. garden and leave, so they believe him. So I think Ian Graham's in the same boat, isn't he? Because he's yeah, still working. So, you'd yeah, like to, so you'd, I think that's probably unfounded. Fingers crossed. That, that's, that, but that, obviously, that you're getting wants. heavy Michael Edwards to Man United and stuff at the moment yeah. aren't you and there's nothing to suggest that at some point down the line if they're, they're moving back. as a team well they, you know, they're all going to go off into their world and do their own things they've probably made a good amount of money they might have well, we basically post Ian Graham from Tottenham yeah. I, you know it was a, a company called Decision Technology and FSG tried to buy Decision Technology um, and when they couldn't they just took Ian Graham instead because Ian Graham uh, Decision Technology doing a lot of work for Tottenham Hotspur I'd like to th- what my, my so it happens yeah. it do, my Positive on FSG. I think they're really good at hiring the right people. So I, I actually don't. I don't think it matters. I but, don't. Th- I don't think that. But means whose hands are on the wheel in this regard? That this this is the difference. It's the 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 thing that was. And this might sound mad because I feel like I'm going to criticise Ian Klopp here, but it, when it come out, Ian Klopp wants more say and more power. I don't mind the more say bit to an extent, but the more power, I don't. I'm unsure about because what will happen if that happens? Liverpool will continue to be really really good, but then there is no there's no post Jürgen, everything relies on him. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you're Man United without Alex Ferguson, and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. And then you realise the man was the structure. I think that's a really dangerous game, because by all accounts... Is Jürgen, this what you're saying? This is what we're heading towards? Yeah, potentially. Who knows? Because, Jürgen, listen, Jürgen could be here forever. He could just hire a whole new set of people, and it's sound. The takeover stuff, for me, is the bigger thing on this, is that... That is the, that's where the uncertainty comes from. It would be hard to work in any... I, and listen, I've been through this. It's hard to work for a company when that company's being sold. It's, it's diffi- it is difficult. All the staff who, you, who work for you are worried about it. it I've, I've literally been through this. You guys have been, I know, half similar. I was literally at a company when another company came on board us. And it can be quite dis- disconcerting. So I imagine there's a lot of un- 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 I don't know, unease at Liverpool, right from... 
I don't think Jürgen doesn't give a fuck. Jürgen's going to be the manager, unless, they, unless he decides not to be. But there's going to be loads of people going, well, what if they just get rid of that department? Or they decide they don't want this anymore? Or they want to bring their people in to do this? And I think that sense of unease would, right down from the fella who, who washes the kits at the accent, up well, to the top. At, look at Todd Bowley at Chelsea. Who cleaned out. Basically, they cleaned out, or they walked. You know, like, Czech Wars, Gravisky walked. And then all of a sudden, he's this guy who doesn't even understand the mechanics of football, comes in and starts to be in your guy who negotiates transfers. You know, and to be fair, we thought it was bad when Ian Air was having to do all of this all of this kind of stuff. <clears throat> you know, there's a guy coming who and you you were the one kind of like hitting the various stories that were doing the rounds around the world of like he's he, he thought you could trade players. He thought you when you bought when you agreed a fee, you automatically took their contract on and didn't realise you had to negotiate with footballers and all this kind of stuff. And that's a extreme example. And there's a bit of like, well that, that won't happen to us, but I'm certain a year ago everyone was, didn't think that would happen to Chelsea. In fact, a year ago, Chelsea were comfortably owned by Roman Abramovich, and there was there were no issues at that football club whatsoever. It was going to carry on exactly as is. Here we are a year later. They've got new owners. All the football people have changed. The managers changed. They're spunking loads of money on players that don't suit, don't fill the. the I'd like, I'd like to hope that, like I say, they keep the structure in place. The thing I think Liverpool have got that others haven't, like Chelsea didn't have, is the position of the manager. Like Jurgen Klopp is so powerful. Chelsea fans are used to the change in the manager because they don't they, they, they don't like hold them. We are, we hold our managers on pedestals. Like the manager's always the biggest thing at Liverpool. It's always, it's always been that way. At other club, at Chelsea, it's 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 players because they because they're that used to just flipping for it. We have you know right from Shankly through Paisley and, and Ra- even Rafa and all. We've yeah, done but this. Footy, but Fussy's changed. This is the problem with with it. And I because I broadly think it's fine as long as you got Jurgen. And you've got his coaching team. Then they're still they're still going to be able to get the best out of the guys. They've still got their analytics team. They've still got the people who are close to the the pitch, the people who who, who analyze how players perform in training and all that kind of stuff and how to maximize that stuff. But it's it's the wider stuff. It's part. Of, it's 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 the biggest stuff behind the, behind yeah. the scenes. This that's the tip of the iceberg, isn't it? It's all the stuff that exists below the water that we don't really get to see. And also, wait, sorry, Steve, but there's a comment here from uh, Jacob Woodell who's saying the structure's still in place, though personnel may change, but the right structure's still there. And that's your point, Chris. Is this, we don't know if the structure's still there or not because the structure might. Because a good example of that is, and just to use our business as, as example of this, if our production team walked out of this building today. All of the all of the systems would still be here, but it goes to the point of like who's who can operate them. We could all figure it out. And when they all got COVID, and it was you. <laughs> that was, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but that was the point. <laughs> we could fit. We know. We know how it works, but we don't know how it works as well as the intricacies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we had it the similar. We you know it was a point when we were in the business for a very very brief time, and a lot of things cropped up that people realised that. Hang on a second. We we had we had a big chunk of it in our that existed in our heads. You don't realise how much of a business you internalise yeah. when you're an essential part of that business. Yeah, so true. it's like the, the the officers were still there, and they'll leave the laptops. On on the desk and the coffee cup will still be in the sink and all those kind of things but like it's 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 the operation of it's the technical expertise you might need to as you say it might be a unit it might it might be like replacing an engine you know you've got to, you can put the engine in but it takes time to connect it all back up again and is it the right engine for the right type of car when you swap an engine out on a car i'm no mechanic but you 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 you're open up to a load of if you if you build the engine along with the car, it's going. It's got a better chance of working than if you put a new one. It's like heart transplants, all those kind, of, all those kind of things. 
that's a slight concern. The biggest thing is though, Liverpool had a succession plan for Michael Edwards. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't see this Julian Ward one coming. There is no succession plan here, and and, and that's caught them with the pants down, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, so there's so to say it's going to be the same. Well, we had a year to plan for Julian Edwards uh, to be become um, the director of football. We haven't got that this time around. We've got six months, haven't we've, got, we've got six months at best. He was working under Michael Edwards for a full year. They're not. They've got a recruit. Who does he work under when he starts? Who teaches him the ropes? Yeah. They're not going to find someone. And in three months' time, we're going to go. You can join us for the last three months of Julian Wards. That ain't going to happen. It's going to take a six-month period to probably recruit, unless they go internal. Yeah. In which case, they've got to start joining which them now. Not what they've said, which is the, the rooms that I go with. Because they're going external, yeah. exactly. So then, you, sorry, you, you've also got the other things about this is about Klopp and about Pep Linders and all those rumours that have been coming out about them wanting more power and stuff. And this is where it comes down, I think, to the European model and why the European model works. Um, is that football coaches are coaches. Jürgen Klopp is a football coach and if you want the best out of your coach, you've got to let him coach. Now, you might want more, but you've got to also be strong and say there are better people at doing the other side of things that can bridge everything together. And he's normally brilliant at that as well. About, about, you know, knowing what he's, what, yeah, exactly. Well, moreover, like, it's not even the delegation. It's like being hands-off on the things that you don't, you don't doesn't need to fill his day. The stuff that doesn't concern him. So he doesn't. He goes well. You've got that handled, so it's fine. But he's got to have trust that that's being handled as well, because that, that's a that's a slippery slope. Is when all of a sudden he's going. I don't really think this. And that, to be fair, they were the rumblings in the summer. Was there was a bit more discontent happening, and I know this is this comes from both ends. So for example. Certain journos will have connections with certain people in the club. Now, if you're talking to a jilted person who's come out and said I've had a bad time with it, then you'll be getting their their perspective on the, the story. I, I, the amount of ex Liverpool players I've spoken to, for example, who got sold by Benitez don't like Benitez. All the ones that didn't get sold by Benitez love Benitez. You and you would. But the, the disharmony that that we felt in the summer is a little bit. It feels a little bit like Jurgen's kind of gone. I don't think I, I don't trust you in in certain things. We've seen this with the with the conditioning of the players in in preseason. You know, the, the, there was a lot of bits and pieces around the, the doctor leaving that no one really truly knows the, the full the full ins and outs of that kind of stuff. And now you're hearing rumblings about them not truly backing the, the transfer model and all that kind of stuff. So maybe this is that what we don't want is to your point, Chris. Is I don't want Jurgen Klopp to have full control over everything. Because I think that's a little bit of a... You're on a little bit of a... Well, then you're feeding into exactly what Steve was talking about before, is when that person leaves, you're fucked. Fergie, Wenger. Wenger, exactly, Fergie. My worry on all... There's a reason why this is happening. In my head, I've got it, and I think Neil Jones said this on General Inside too. He said, like, my Gordon moving up was the the catalyst to a lot of this yeah. is that because he's the person who put the team together and listened to and, and everyone went to him and then he went to FSG with the, right, with, as a comment to buy thing I get it so that, that's it's, it's the reasons why but like Ian Graham left and he resigned in the summer so that was before FSG but Liverpool up for sale like Mike Gordon was still in charge not necessarily true by the way we, but they might have had, yeah from what we're yeah, I suppose they might have maybe different but yeah. when the journalist found out that Liverpool was put up for sale FSG then said yes if the journalist didn't find out we may never have found out yeah it's a good point actually yeah it's a fair one it's just it's why all this has happened we don't know it, 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 that's the unease about it and I, I suppose it's the the fact is and I, I thought you made a great point to, on, on the show with Josh you said FSG FSG's model got Liverpool to be the best team 
got us there it's whether you can keep it there and it might be that it might be that they've just decided it's not working it, this could be a positive yeah. because the fact is everyone who sits on and there'll be comments on this show right now is like we need to spend more we need to do this we need to do this we need to do this it might be that the model that was in place was good enough to take Liverpool from 6th, 7th, 8th in the Premier League to winning everything and then they need a new model yeah. to contain it might it might be a good thing we don't know but the issue with that is I'd be more confident of that if, it, if we knew the owners were staying and it, it, it just came out Actually, they've decided to change in the model. They've decided they're going to go more on transfers. They're going to spend more money because they've realised getting to the top is different than staying there. Yeah, but and you I'm might not... need a different set. You just might need a different skill set. We yeah. used to have this argument. Remember um, the latter days of Benitez and Aubrey arguing this, and foolishly ultimately, but he was saying like we need someone like, and I think he said something stupid like David Moyes in charge, <laughs> because if Liverpool slipped out of being a top bracket team, you need someone who can manage you in that. In, in, in a different group and it's like you might not have the right tools for the for the job you are we might have the best team for the climb but not the team for, for, yep. for staying at the top they might just need you might need different people with different eyes or, or, or fresh or, or, or a fresh skill set to bring to the table that's what I'm hope, hoping this is is that spin. they might have seen we've, and a couple of things is People just get bored. People want to move on. You know, they've achieved all they're going to achieve. A lot of people will have been burned out by that quadruple thing and gone. That was our best shot there. We've took our biggest swing. We've not quite worked out. I can't go again. I can't dig deep. I can't find. I can't find the energy in me to go that again. It's time for me. It's time for me to move on. And one thing we can say about Liverpool's ownership is that you know they've had the Red Sox for longer, and the Red Sox because of that they've had more crests and falls. So they've built you know World Series winning teams and gone through the doldrums and brought it back up again. You'd like to hope that maybe there's a little bit of like. There's something spotted of like, okay, we we actually are aware that it's going to start to fall, and that might be as simple as this is why we're selling because the value is about to fall through the floor, or it might be we need to make a bit of a change to revamp this to make sure that it doesn't fall through the floor, so that when we do sell it, it stays at that at that uh, kind also, of level. If you think like Ian Guy or Michael Edge, like once you've won everything and you have won everything and you've won everything against the odds. Because I know Liverpool, we are the, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, football clubs in the world. But it, it was winning everything was against the odds because there was teams doing things differently with more money and infinite resource that we just didn't have. Mm-hmm. Getting to the top of that hill, like you just said, get coming off it and then going back again. It's the Marvin Hagler quote, isn't it? Like you know, it's easy, it's hard to get out of bed and go for your run when you've been sleeping in silk pajamas. Because yeah. he said, like when you come from not and it was boss, but then do we need to go for? Do we need to do it again? Kind of thing. It's, it's, it's dead hard to beat Manchester City. Lots of older wrestlers with big bellies but huge biceps. It's, you know? it's, it's dead hard to go and beat Manchester City again. And, and the model might need to change. The model that we had in place, unearthed, I say unearthed, Liverpool didn't unearth Alison Becker and Mo Salah, but it went and got the sign. They, they were data signings, they were clever signings, Sadio Mane is the same. Can you can you beat Manchester City from this point now with doing that, or do you just need to go? Well, the model is fucking Erling Haaland. That's going by. The model's wrong in that you need to sell players for the, to produce. Yeah. We haven't been selling the players, so you can't spend the money that you haven't been selling. Yeah. That's where the model falls down. They can still probably think they can gain advantage on this player over this player, but you need the money to be able to do that because you're not shopping in the £20 million player that makes a difference anymore. You're shopping, shopping in the 70 to £110 million bracket. You've got to sell players to do that. FSG haven't been doing that. Yeah. You know, we can't run Wijnaldum's contract down. You can't get Jordan Henderson's contract down and then renew it. You can't do that. You have to sell one of Salah, Salah or Mane if the model is going to be the model. That's where it's fallen down. And of course, and that's so much of that circumstantial around the, the, the COVID. I, I, I'd say this, if 
Real, if if Spanish football hadn't fallen flat on its face, there's no way Mo Salah gets his contract renewed at Liverpool, and he's playing for Real Madrid two years ago. Probably, maybe, maybe even more. You get 150 million quid, and you go again, and you and you revamp everything you're doing. Whereas they've had to double down on the unity and keeping guys that understand what you're doing, and, and you know, and, and that, that's what one of the things they said. Like when people raising their eyebrows at, at renewing Lovren's contract back in the day and that was because it was better to have someone who yeah look he was a, had, had a suspect moments but someone who you who's a known entity and you know him inside and out and he knows your system your team and your expectations inside and out is a safer bet than getting a new player in every year who might be a bit better but he's got to learn the ropes each and every time and that's what they've doubled down on but they've reached the the zenith of that now and that you're right that's where they're at now is that they actually need to go into the market and go and buy big and that's probably right that's right though isn't it because everyone when people compare Liverpool's net spend people froth at the mouth at the idea that Arsenal spent 250 million quid and they spent 200 million or whatever the sum before and Man City have spent big money in recent in recent windows Liverpool okay we can sit here and say yes they needed to but they didn't need to there was no it wasn't burning it wasn't an absolute act of like desperation there weren't huge holes that needed refilling in the way the ones that des- that did got filled Thiago was effectively Wijnaldum's replacement. Diaz is effectively Mane's replacement. Canate was the upgrade, was Lovren's replacement, etc., etc. Um, but those teams all were either on the climb themselves. Arsenal have had to spend to get themselves to where they are. That's what Liverpool did in the early days. And Man City were, were just a couple of years ahead of us on the cycle. So Aguero, Fernandinho, company, Silva. The backbone of that side all need to replace and you don't replace that with ten million pound signings. You replace that with fifty to hundred million pound signings, and that's what they've done. We're just we're due that now, and that's where the yeah, model and needs also to like the mad thing for me is when people start to cite Arsenal and stuff like they've not won anything. No, I know. Yeah. Another thing, let's remember they've been doing it for fifteen years. Yeah. By the way, it's not like a shorter period of time. They've been trying to get back to the top of the hill for the top of Christmas. Brilliant, well done, fantastic. We've done that and not won the league. Yeah. You know they've still got to go out and prove that they're the best in the country yeah, by, we, by winning the league. We and it's going to be difficult for them. We were talking about Christmas and ended up our goal. He needs us to score to get us into the championship. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 what I would say, on, I, I think. As a, as a general thing with the ownership thing it could be good it really could we could get an amazing owner who comes in and just goes yeah I want to do this this and this and there you go there's Kylian Mbappe and there's Jude Bellingham and Morat. Like that could like, that could happen the, the issue we've got at the moment and again I don't want to is that it feels like that's not going to happen could, but the, all the whispers are that they're going to be sold to another American consortium is what you're hitting and the same again and so that's not going to happen so then this these people are going to have to come in with a way of the, the, it's, I think it's easier to get from sixth to second than it is from second to first. That's, mm-hmm. it just, it's hard and staying up there constantly and, and competing with them. I've got no idea city. how you stay on top because I've never I've never experienced it. Well, you, I've I never seen Liverpool team do it. Yeah, but there's a team down the road who show you how you do it, and it means doing lots and lots of lots and lots of spending. That's how you do Manchester City. Like you just said, there, their, their bench is 50, 60, 70 million pound players. We're not there yet. No one else is really there anywhere. I still argue we've still got the, the second best squad in the league, by the way. I would agree, but we're, but second best—that's sound. But we want to be first best. So uh, it, yeah, but you can't be you can't be first best. No, why not? 
because Man City are playing with a different yeah but that's what I'm saying who knows the person who owns Liverpool could, be on the, could play yeah. with those rules I think the, the biggest concern for me moving forward on the sale is that United are up at the same time that's 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 the that's yeah. the biggest thing for me is because you've got two absolute football powerhouses up at, for sale at the same time in a very small pool it's like selling your and house when the next door well, neighbours are the same house look, but it's not the same house and it's, it's, it's got a pool it, it, and we, it's got a we've, got, we've got more we've got more trophies but they unfortunately commercially are a much bigger entity than I, we are and their capacity for sales on the commercial side is much bigger than ours but. and 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 because of that you know They've been able to achieve. We've just overtaken them in terms of figures for the first time. They've been shit for years. We've been the best we've been for years. Like the the there is a, if we're a billion apart, and I think we probably are a billion apart in valuation. Man United being more, I think there's a lot more money to be earned out of Manchester United than there is out of Liverpool right now, and that makes them a stronger proposition there, for owners there is, or potential owners. There is if you're just carrying on to do what the Glazers are doing which is don't invest and just and you know obviously they are investing but you know what I mean they're not they're investing in players but not investing in infrastructure because Manchester United but this is just buying a doer up a Paul in it, the housing it, market exactly you yeah. know what I mean 50 million sounds like a lot to revamp a stand or to put a Kirby complex together but actually in the grand scheme of what Man United earn on a year yeah. if you just didn't take the Glazers money out for one year you could pay for both of those things yeah. so it's absolutely nothing in that in that yeah. in that regard there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. But how much is Tottenham Stadium cost? A billion. A billion? Yeah. You could be potentially looking at that to revamp because Old Trafford needs basically needs knocking down and starting again. The training facilities are awful. They need to do all that again. And you're right, fifty million for a training complex if we're going on the axes, not is not it's pretty small change in, in the in the grand scheme of things. But there's a lot of it's you don't like, need to do it all at once do you that's the other thing we, the main stand was done what 2017 was it or 2016 yeah. it was a long time ago now wasn't it and it was still not when it was still not there on the Anfield Road obviously that's coming next season and stuff mm-hmm. so there's five years give or take for two stands the thing that's interesting for me on the United stuff is I think United are bordering on 
being a sports washing candidate, which I don't think they've ever been before, because because their fans are what unhappy, and if you take them there, you make them happy. Yes, Liverpool can't be sport washed because we're already kind of happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, because they because they hate their owners. They've been fighting a, 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 a an aimless cause against their ownership. They've now all their fans have grown up in an era where they are they've been the best, and now they're not the best, and their expectation levels are much higher than their ability to meet those expectation levels, and their fan base is so broad that it totally dwarfs the core of the fan bases, which is the ones that who are like us, which is, again, without going down this, this you know, strong socialist flag-waving thing, um, which are the, 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 you know, the moral voice of their, of, their, of their fan base or whatever. Again, you see it by how many people who just would have, who thought they'd won the league because they signed Cristiano Ronaldo mm-hmm. back, mm-hmm. and it was like they'd won, they'd won something because they bought a famous footballer. Um, those ones would be allowed a voice in that, in that kind of instance. They might be, they, somebody less scrupulous might be able to get in the door at Old, Old Trafford, and they might be more welcoming of their new dictators as it were what because of the because of the current climate that don't, like, there's a lot of Liverpool fans in the same boat don't, like there's a lot of Liverpool fans oh god yeah, yeah. yeah. I just we, mean we, by we, comparison to Manchester I, I United maybe I, I wouldn't even be that sure well, but the cities like, are look, similar in size give yeah. or take but their worldwide fan base and following is like 50 to 70% more online than ours yeah. across their Facebook, their TikTok and all that type of stuff. So Paul's right, by comparison to a 500,000 to a million city, it's absolutely You could sports watch United easier than you could sports watch Liverpool because the, the ground is more fertile for it at the moment. Um, there's less, yeah, there's more this, and also it's worth noting, they, there'll be people who support Man United in Manchester who have greatly benefited from Manchester City being bought because what I would say that like everyone says sport washing blah, blah, it's it's they have absolutely made Manchester better. The area of Manchester where Eastland is or the, their ground is is much better. So there'll be Man United fans who go well if we get the uh, the Dubai whoever it is in like, like the guys down the road got and they turn around Old Trafford which again could do with a little bit of a, a, a job on it at times. It's easy to say well. Listen, look, go f- twenty minutes down the road, and you'll see what can happen if you come and embrace us. I think, they, I think, you, I think you're right. I think Chris is more about it. Is that if you're buying, if there's both, if they're both there, and you've got to spend, I say a bit more, it's a lot of money more. But if you've got that money, it's relative. You you go to United because there's more you can make more out of it at the back end. You you spend six six seven billion on Man United, yeah, you spend yeah. five hundred million to make it better. And the way of ten million. No, well, it's, it's going to yeah. be it, yeah, it's going to be hard. The thing is, that you say that, but I don't, I don't, not sure that's the case. I'm oh, not mate, sure. I'm how, a, I'm a, no, but your, but your, this is the thing. Your revenue streams are not going to be bigger for that. You've got to pay. You've got to pay a billion pounds to fix the stadium and X amount to upgrade the training facilities. That actually doesn't really add value to your to your oh, business. Oh, I hundred percent disagree. No, no, but, well, that doesn't because you're still getting the same amount of people through the turnstiles. That's why they haven't done it. That's why Glazers have done that because there's no value because you're not getting a bigger stadium. The, 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 I, I think a billion's a bit rich I'm just for putting, fixing I'm, a stadium. I'm like it's in, a few I'm, holes in the ceiling. It's not. But then the flip side is you increase the capacity of Old Trafford. Yeah, and but they're also worth, not. Yeah, but I know. But again, they're the, not the, selling. The point he's making and where he's right is that their capacity for commercial is much bigger than Liverpool's all yeah. around the world. Yes, but and, also and the they stadium are, doesn't make any difference to that. went but winning does. Yeah. And that's the difference. They're, we've just overtaken them, yeah. and they've been shit for yeah, seven my, years. There's a lot of my United fans. <laughs> but that's a, but what I'm saying is they they maximise the commission. That's just on the pitch successes that, that drives that, and that's. But that's you, not they in could your make hundred million more on pitch as well a year. 
you know what I mean, from actually going deeper into these competitions. Yeah. Like, you know, like Probably, when yeah. Liverpool get 100 yeah. million for going to the Champions yeah, yeah, League final, what, yeah, but, they could get yeah, that. Yeah. And that's already 100 million more than we've earned. Yeah, that was the you know thing. What I mean? that's that's because we include yeah. that in all of ours and their commercial capacity being much bigger. You, you could look at a gap of 200 million but again this on the season. What I'm saying is this is not quite, this is where the house analogy falls down because you buy a keeper up in a house and you put that in and, and it, it will increase in value. But there's a point where the revenues are not going to double. You know what I mean? And valuations of clubs are not going to double in the current world environment and the current football climate TV deals are not getting significantly bigger right, they I, might do but they're not likely to get, they're not going to make the jump uh, in the next uh, 10 years to the I'm with the I think Man United's sorry end valuation is a lot bigger than Liverpool's I'm not saying it's not I'm just saying that I, to my point I'm kind of getting to is that I agree that if I was a if I was a multi-multi-billionaire I would buy and not attach to the football club I'd buy Man United over Liverpool because you're going to get far more welcomed. The scale for growth, actually, it's because again, I, where I disagree is I don't think there's there's a massive scale for growth in terms of revenues because they're already it'll it's through the on the pitch stuff. It's going to cost lots more money to buy them and to get them back to the top again. Liverpool, and that's where the Liverpool I don't problem think it comes. Does. Yeah, I just I, think I, you need I, just I, need I, to I, do I, it right. Yeah, our, wages, our, our wages are probably less than theirs, so you spend that money right. And they've got it right. You spend the money that they've been spending in the transfer market, right? Yeah. You're yeah. not actually spending any more money on the. Oh no, team. no! But we say you just need to do a better job of what you're buying. Yeah, yeah. True. And that's what Man United have dwarfed us yeah. in, in transfer also, fees and dwarfed us in wages. Can I jump in? Like, you buy Liverpool for three billion pound now, whatever it is. How do you make more? How do you make Liverpool worth more? No, no, exactly. That's my but Man point. United, you can. You, Man United, are Man United, are worth like say they're selling it for five now. There is so much opportunity for growth because the ground shit, the training ground shit. After fans don't buy Man United merch because they're down the Norwich shop buying green and gold stuff. <laughs> like, there's, there's, there's so much more growth. Like, you buy Liverpool now, it's going to be hard to increase the revenues. How you increase the revenues on Liverpool is you spend more on transfers to win more, and your on-field earnings grow. Yeah, it, Man United is. That's why if you buy, that's why that's the main issue. Them coming out for sale, I don't think it's been talked about enough from a Liverpool point of view. It's it's really bad in my opinion. I think yes and no because I think it, Liverpool's the offering at Liverpool hasn't changed. Man United I think doesn't really change it. I think Man United are lower hanging fruit, albeit at more at a greater cost because of all the things we've discussed because of that scale. The stuff you could improve, and it's whether we, we, what we're arguing is is where, where their ceiling is, which none of us can prove one way or the other. So whatever, it, it, there's there's. What I'm putting at Man United is what I think. Well, we agree, but I agree for different reasons. I think it's because it's easier to win the fan base yeah. over, and there's more wins to be had at Manchester United than Liverpool. Your margin for error is tiny at Liverpool now because where where do you go? You can win a couple more trophies, but, but we're the, already the, there. This is where I have to disagree. You're not going to buy Man United because your margin for error is bigger. You're going to buy Manchester United because you can make more money. Oh no, no, that's, that's why not, someone will buy it. I'm not talking about that point. I'm saying when you're going in there, you. What I'm saying is from this, from my perspective, is you buy a football club, you buy Liverpool, and if you don't, if we don't win the league in the next two years. Then people and and you haven't bought the right players, then you failed as Liverpool owners because you've got to take a club that is so close to being right at the top and make that final step, and that's so easy to get wrong. Whereas you've got five years of building Manchester United back up, you can be building the ground, you can be building the training facilities, you can can be buying better people, you can be putting better people in in slots and winning. 
it's so much harder to win in the short term at Liverpool. You've got to maintain at Liverpool, and that in itself is a very hard thing to do, which is one of the reasons why I think the current ownership are balking at it, because it's co- you have to pay twice as much money now just to stay the same. Whereas Man United, I, I, I'm saying, you look at Man United and go, fucking hey, yeah. And, it, and you've got to have your fans bought in for all this, by the way. And that's the hard part with us, is our fan base. If we, uh, This is where it's... it's potential catastrophe faces us because unless we we do hit the ground running with new owners and all of a sudden we pay we pay big money for big transfers and we are competing right at the top everything else is going to look fucked by comparison whereas United fucking hell walk in as I say put a new fresh paint of coat, a coat of paint on, on a few bits and pieces all you need by to a couple do is of not take 100 million out of season yeah, yeah don't take dividends out for a while that, that's what you need to do like, also yeah. I disagree on the revenue thing I think where we're going with this there's a reason that everyone's selling. I'm taking Brandovich apart, but I'll, 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 that was obviously different reasons. The Super League failed, yeah. and that was the growth. Of the, that's where the money was coming from. The next step of making all these teams worth more and more money was the Super League. When that failed, he thought, we're done. There's not much more we can do on this. It was FFP, and it was the Super League. FFP failed, Super League. We, where else are we going? We can't make no money. It's not going to be worth any more than this. At some point, there'll be a day, and I don't know when it is, and if I'm investing in football, now, I'm looking at going... There'll be a day when we can sell our own media. They just will. That's yeah, never, well, that was Neil Ackerton's point a couple of weeks ago, and that's the difference. But that's a that's a, a gamble and an unknown. You mean, and that's, take, yeah, yeah. that's what the Premier League and is this rallying is why, against. This is why it, it is state-owned operators that are looking at this because you don't need to make a profit. Mm-hmm. That, that's what it comes down to. The American billionaires still want to make that profit, and I think that's that's why I think or grow the overall value to boost to their portfolio. It, yeah. and, I, and I think that's why United are a better proposition for them rather than Liverpool because you can still make a profit from Manchester United yeah. and I don't think you can from Liverpool in quite the same yeah, way it's hard, it's hard, that's what I'm saying it's hard to make Liverpool worth more at the minute it's, yeah. it, it, without, again it's, it's going to have to come on the pitch I'm, we're pretty good on the pitch as it is yeah exactly it, yeah, it, it, but yeah. what it, there is a really small thing where it gets into a bidding war like it's a maybe a five percent chance of that happening. Ninety-five percent chances. I think it hurts us that Manchester United are up for sale. At There's the same more time. people. Like Man United. I, I actually think could say it could, it could work the other way because Man United are just such a because of the size of the brand. More pe- and how successful they've been in in twenty thirty years when lots of these people have been making that money and come out on top. Who will know Manchester United? Because they do, because they're just in more media. They made more films. And the marketing's been so much more powerful that more unscrupulous people are likely to be interested in Manchester United just as a play as a play thing yeah exactly then you've heard then you heard of Liverpool there's maybe a, a better chance still of people going if someone buys Liverpool it's probably because they've they've got a more of a more sporting interest in it than necessarily being because you can't sport wash and you can't and there's not scope to make massive chunks of revenue over at least yeah, it's going to be difficult. I, I think I, I think Man United will be sold before us, and our fans are going to go off. The, it's hard to live. I think it's hard to live yeah, at the moment. Absolutely. Um, what we don't, what I don't want is it, it to become a cock measuring competition where X fella goes and buys Man United, so Y fella who hates X fella goes and buys Liverpool and goes, well, fuck it, if you're buying a footy team, I am. And I know that sounds mad in the air of billionaires, but trust me, there are people out there with so much money that they'll just do that. Like you've just bought in. Well, you you've got a club, then that means we need one. Could I be honest? Then again, oh, but that's for the state ownership thing. That, that's, and again, that, that 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 can happen. It is that that's the uncertainty. There's a lot of uncertainty around us. Um, but like I say, there's some people, and, and, be, and be, I'm guessing in the, in the chat now, there'll be loads of people who are nervous about this, and there'll be loads of people who are just genuinely excited about it. Well, and, I, and it's I, I'll be honest, I'm, I think I'm I'm edging more towards the excited part of it. I think it could be really good for us. I honestly, I, I, I have to say, I remain reasonably optimistic about the whole thing, potentially 
But I, Man United, I think I'm a bit calmer because of Manchester United because I just think they'll draw all the fucking nutcases yes, but and all the fucking all the ones who want it for fucking mad mad reasons will look at Man United and go, go ahead, I'll have a, I'll have a pot. Same as Chelsea, you know, because they they're just they, they'll see that they'll see the money there, whereas. Yeah, Liverpool have got a bit. Maybe got, it takes it. It maybe just pulls a few more of those people over that can, way. Can but, I ask a question slightly off topic, but also slightly on topic? Who are the good owners in world football? I have no idea. In terms of what? That, that, this, yeah, who's, a, who's a good owner of a football club? See, from from a sporting perspective, Manchester City have got great owners. It's whether you, it's whether you agree with them as a, as a as a whole overall. What you what I would say on City is that. They have made Manchester better, and again, it's, it's whether you go down. It's the well, sport. you say they've made Manchester better, but there's been there's some d- uh, scrupulous contracts been given out by Manchester Council. There, lots of way. very very <laughs> shit. Allegedly, allegedly, but they have allegedly shit affordable overpriced housing has been put that's not owned by the city of Manchester yeah. anymore. You know, which there's, is, I get it. Yeah, there's a lot, and this this the thing. And it goes back to this conversation before. You're arguing sports washing topics is what is the point. Oh, and about. also, there's no good billionaires. They're all pretty much pricks. No, I, I just I, think so many people have, and the reason I asked is. So many people have got an opinion on who they want well, as wins, an owner. Two wins, but who, who's a good owner? There's no one. I mean, I've watched footy with you for thirty years. You couldn't give me an answer on who's a good owner. No. <laughs> it's mad no. because because you're right. There aren't any. It and depends it, on who's loads winning. Of, you just, can tell me bad owners though. Yeah, you can reel off a list of bad owners to yeah. me. I would suggest, and I, I don't actually know who owns Bayern Munich, but Bayern Munich seem <laughs> to be able to stay at the top, even though people hate them. They seem to be they're the Man United of Germany. They seem to be able to stay at the top. The fans seem really happy. They've got a great understanding it. with Dortmund that we're going to take your best player. We're going to keep you at fucking arm's distance, and we're going to stay at the top. If they had another, a, if they had well, two or three more clubs in that league who would add the financial might that they have, it would be interesting to see how the good thing with they the, are, how good the, their own. The Germany are. thing's interesting because all the football clubs essentially play along with that because Bayern Munich draws the eyes and the television money. Yeah, that's why everybody goes along with it because if Bayern Munich stop being good, there ain't going to be any money in that league. But yeah. Spain, the mad. fucking Worst, with the worst of it, oh, the worst of it, because their TV rights deal. It's telling that yeah, we said this before, but Atletico Madrid have, have managed to just hold their own. But look what they've done; they've fucked themselves, and that'll all come unravelled. Barcelona have come unravelled because of how that how <laughs> it's run. Yeah, yeah, and Real Madrid again for because they've got they're effectively state owned in their own, in their own way. Have been able to keep have been able to keep going, but them hoovering up all the TV right deal so the, the the lion's share of the money goes to Real Madrid and Barcelona every single season. That'll happen here though. That's gonna happen here. Exactly, yeah. exactly, and that and that. But the, be on that but the English club, yeah, exactly. And look, we're we're the ones who stand stand to benefit from it when if and when it does. But Canada does already. Yeah, but but you know, but in a, in a huge way, when you can buy it, when you can pay for every Liverpool game on LFC TV, and all of a sudden that money goes in straight directly into the into the club. What I would say, mate, there's a lot of people, and again, to, to that an argument going on a while is that this is why there's a lot of fans, and I, I kind of, I'm not sure I agree, but I half get it. Is like all billionaires are knobheads. Just give us the best billionaire. And we and we'll accept that. Listen, John Emery and FSA and Angels. You know, I mean? like, and, and there's a lot of people. And so if you just get a knobhead owner, and eventually all of footy is going to be owned by a knobhead billionaire. I would and, suggest and that we, there's we no. I would suggest, and I and I hate having to put out this because like, you end up you end up when you ask questions like that, Chris. You end up in a situation where you've got to say positive things about Liverpool's current owners, which people just are not receptive to. But there is not there has not been a better ownership group in the, in English football. Over the last seven years, than FSG that aren't 
the owners of Manchester City in terms of what they've been able to win. deliver, yeah. what, we, what, we've been, what we've been able to win. You know, if FFP and they've wins. done it without, without, with, with, with far less questionable ethics behind it. And, that, and and you can treat that as a good thing or a bad thing. But it's more I, that's more like the, the getting your best mate paid over the odds for your for the sponsor your stadium and stuff. I get that. I think if FFP was rock solid and fucking worked and was punishable, like in in the NFL, if you go over your salary cap, you are punished. There is a if you do this, this happens. You can't do it. It's not allowed. You are not allowed to play. If FFP was that watertight, we would have the best owners. I think FSG with a strong FFP would be amazing. If they had a greater like, legal budget... And an ESL. An ESL, the FFP and the FSG and the EPL. No, but if you think about it, it would work because they have... They've, they've, yeah, they would, they, they, it, would, the, it would. You, would you, you win on your, your hiring your Ian Grahams and your fine margins and you're growing your commercials. That's how you win. When you when, when it's, a, it's an unfair playing field, it feels like, you know... That's what you're, you're fighting. You're, a heavy, you're, you're, a, you're the best middleweight boxer in the world, but you're fighting at heavyweight and yeah. you're going to get knocked out. Well, yeah, we might just need to go and get a big horrible heavyweight fella. What's well, changed is that you need both now. Because Man City have got both. Yeah. And that's the problem when you haven't got the most money is you find new ways of working and the, the people with the biggest money either steal those people off you. So in the gaming industry, this is what happened, why FIFA ended up as the bigger game over Pro Evolution, Pro Evolution Soccer, because EA were like, well, no one likes our game as much. It's not as playable. They went and stole all the devs from Konami and brought them over to, to build the new FIFA. With more money behind them. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's... And, and so Shiny sudden, graphics and player names. Exactly. Add, add playability to to all the other license and all that other stuff and you've got a better game and you're going to win and that's that is Man City to where Liverpool The problem with that is there used to be loads of footy games and some of them were crap but some of them were really fun like actual soccer was just a fun yeah, this game This is football was class when you used to do the dance But this is, but this is again, and it's a great analogy for how football's gone and like the movie industry and TV and all that all of a sudden you've got there's a minimum barrier to entry because there's a minimum expectation so people expect graphics and they expect licenses and they expect all the shiny bells and whistles playability almost you then have to have that plus playability so you need to be super talented but have the money to add all the extra bits on top and that's where all football's become this singular entity where there's going to end up being that's where the Super League is the natural thing that'll happen there'll be 10 Something to 20 super clubs in the world that eventually end up in a league together doing that Champions League is kind of that already I guess to some extent but it just will because it's happening with businesses it's why you go from a million corner shops to Asda and it's Walmart. It's called globalisation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what exactly. I would say very quick as well is that Arsenal are going through it now. They ate it Stan Kroenke a while ago. They, they've gone back into a place where they've got it. If Arsenal win one league title this year, they might. I don't think they will. They might. And then, before you know it, Manchester City win the next three and Arsenal aren't competing anymore. They'll go from we've got to the top and then Stan Kroenke might not be the man to keep yep. him there. That, I, I, it feels like Liverpool might have well, this But this is fucking Barcelona all over. Barcelona were competing with Real Madrid but they were actually competing with Paris Saint-Germain because mm. PSG, the second they buy Neymar, they drop a hand grenade onto the football market, they inflate the values and they make all of a sudden Messi's fair game because, me, because all of a sudden you can pay him a million pound a week if you well, want you're, to. You're the, you're the big fish in a small pond until you're not. Yeah. And PSG came in and made Barcelona the small fish for the yeah. first time in 30 they, years. They effectively went to Barcelona and went, we're having him. Yeah, that's what Barcelona have been doing for years yeah, yeah, yeah. and it threw everything off. Yeah. And, 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 but it but shook it led the to a situation, big time. Yeah, and it led to a situation where they, they, they falsely inflated the market because they could, because you cares. Cause, yeah, because then no one else can play in the market. It's yes. just them and City. And you tell, you're, you're then telling the best player in the, on the planet that he's, your club can't pay you what you, you're worth because we're paying Neymar 
more money than you're earning. And Neymar was third fiddle to you. He was behind Suarez and behind you in that team. So you're what? So Barcelona are then forced to. And we do, we've done it with Salah. Salah this, is why Sa- this is why Salah's on, Jones, isn't it? Yeah, this is why Salah's on 100 grand plus more than Virgil van Dijk because we had no choice because Man City could have been paying Kevin De Bruyne 350 grand a week and that's the par- that's the kind of parity he's striving for. Anyway, this is fucking, we can do this for fucking hours. This is not what I wanted. The big question, you pointed out the, the comments what people want to talk about. Um, there's a lot of really, really good comments but the best one here is David Love who says, Steve looks more like Gilberg. Yes, I know who he is. Oh, fuck off. But Mika Labano He's says more like Goldberg to me. But then again, I'm not even sure that's a good thing. He's a bit of a knobhead, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's better shot than Perry Saturn, though. You know, if you've I, got think a Perry, I think Perry Saturn's better looking than Goldberg. Are you messing? I, don't, I think Goldberg's more imposing. Just pure physical looks, yeah? I think Perry Saturn was prettier. I mean... I'm not, I'm not like a rugged You're a big man. fan of squints. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm not a very good look. I'm not like a rugged man. I need to be more pretty than, than rugged. Goldberg had that rugged sexism. Sexism? Sexism? Sexiness? <laughs> Sexiology. Sexiology. Sometimes if you just let them talk. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy bald man. That's what I was going for. I'm not going for rugged bald man. But I'll take the, I'll take the Goldberg shout. Uh, sponsorship this week is Who Knows Wins uh, as there has been on the podcast this season um, there's loads going on at the Sexism. moment there is um, there is one for tonight's game against Wales which might have kicked off by the time we finish this chat um, <laughs> the England-Wales game is, is is one that's available just in terms of last week's results the pick 10 joint winner uh, was Jake Peralta and Weaver Jag uh, 1985 Jake Peralta isn't that off Brooklyn 9 might be uh, taking £3,000 um, still got four uh, which was not pounds um, being tied 804th ah, in, in your face 805th uh, no leagues involved in the Reds this week of course but still time to enter the Wales versus England game day which has a 5k pot plus if you enter via redmen.whonowswins.com as a new user make a deposit you get a £5 promo credit in your account um, let's have a look then at the at the pick 10 we've got up on the screen already oh, no, this is the England Wales one. one do you want to go to pick 10 yeah go to the pick 10 I've got to find it first now. You've 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 thrown me off. Brilliant top content. Um, yeah, as always mentioned, please go to redmen.whonowswins.com for this uh, because it tracks it and it makes us look good. There is a QR code on the screen for uh, YouTube uh, users as well. It was the, the pick ten was on as well, wasn't it? No, no, it was in England Wales, but we we can't find the pick ten. It might be there. It's not there. I think I think we're focused mainly on England and Wales this week. Okay, Sam, we'll go we'll do we've got way. our picks. Don't you know if we want to, if you want to bring them up very quickly? Okay, <laughs> yeah. You, uh, Aaron, keep bringing our picks up, please, and we'll just go through them. Very Slightly briefly. concerning that mine hasn't saved. Um, <laughs> you know, for England Wales, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a one-all draw. England Wales, by the way, and I've picked. I've picked accordingly um, because what the question I asked in the office was, what's the most disappointing way England can get out the group? And of course, that is like a three-nil win to Wales. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because I think just from seeing the meltdowns overdrawn against USA, which I, th- I find baffling, because I don't care really about England, but I I have more of an interest in England than I do in all the other nations. Because you know, yes, Scout's not English, but also you know, I live in England. I do. I am. I am still. It's on my passport. I have. I have liked England in past tournaments. So the reaction to that draw against USA, it was a bit crap. And the performance was a bit rubbish in USA, we're more energetic or whatever, but like he's 
Barrett Southgate managing a tournament, he's earned the right to manage a tournament because he's been quite good in the last couple of tournaments that he's managed. He's clearly got a strategy at play. You don't need to win all three of your group games. It doesn't matter. And it's like they're actually barring that, you know, getting hammered by Wales. They're going to get through anyway. Probably going to win the group. The whole point of, of of tournament football, as I've always seen it, is to peak at the fucking right time. Yeah. It's not to peak fucking in the group stages. Now, whether Gareth Southgate's the man that can get England to peak later yeah. on is kind of moot at this point, to yeah. be honest with you, because it's about getting through the group first yeah. I, and then get better. How many teams at World Cups have you seen? You've been like, oh my God. The teams we all remember almost, like Holland in 98, and you're like, oh my God, Holland, wow. Don't win it, do they? You know what I mean? It's, it's, about, it's about France... Zidane gets sent off, comes back, and then they start to hit. They really start to hit the stride. They haven't, they haven't got a goal scorer in that side, but they managed to piece it all together at the right time. Brazil, if Ronaldo wasn't, you know, having fits or whatever in the changing room beforehand, would have come would come good at the right time and all that kind of stuff. You're dead right. I I just think it, I think it's quite funny. So anyway, I've gone for the draw, and that's how I've picked it. Chris, what have you gone for? I have gone for England to win. Both teams to score no over two and a half goals. No halftime result draw. Harry Kane to score. Anytime, yes. Gareth Bale's played a full game. No. England have over five and a half shots and no to all of these. England have six and a half corners. No to England having over one and a half cards and Wales have over two and a half cards. No. What was your? Did you have an overall strategy behind that? Yes. Click one of the th- options. But mo- what do you think mainly, the gonna be? I think it's going to be one nil to England. But it's going to be nil nil at half time, as in keeping with the rest of the World Cup. <laughs> Um, I think Harry it's Kane a safe bet, and yeah. Harry Kane scores a pen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I, went, I took Kane no because I don't think he's gonna. I think he'll get him off. I, I, I went the other way around. I, I think England are gonna win comfortably. Um, so I went for England half time, England full time. So England um, to win comfortably, but Kane not to score. I think England are gonna be two 0 up at half time, and they're gonna win the game two 0 and, and they'll he'll, take Harry Kane. And they'll take Harry Kane off because his ankle's fucked. That was my general consensus. I think it's gonna be. A, I, mean, I just I watched Wales the other day in that in that game, and they got Danny Ward in goal. Yeah, yeah. He he's a hologram. Like both of those goals the other day, used to say like so. I've, that was my thinking. But again, by the time people listen to this, it might be completely wrong. But and I've, I've been shit at this game, so maybe Wales fans should rejoice at my prediction. I just don't. Yeah, I think England have done all their easy win already so far. They're going into grind mode now, and again, they've just got to they've just got to get through this game. You know, they've just got to make sure no one gets no one important gets injured, injured. and they that's get through. Why Henderson starting over Bellingham, yeah, isn't it? But that's it. squad. They need to rotate. They need to rotate, doesn't he? Because he played the same seat. He started. Well, Bellingham the same might team. be more important to us. <laughs> <laughs> Sacrifice Jordan. Jordan, yeah. take one with the team. He's yeah. going. Someone's going to boot him. You need to take that. Need to sign him in January. You don't want him injured. <laughs> yeah, goes on the phone. Just do not let you get kicked. You go yeah. take all the beatings, Jordan. Right. In a bit. Sad. Yeah. Get involved. Redmen. Who knows wins. Com. Uh, and play along and let us know how you're getting on with all that as well. Right, sound. Um, let's talk Stephen Gerrard. Uh, Stephen Gerrard's debut anniversary. Um, and first and foremost, where does he rank in your all-time favourite Liverpool player list? Oh, that's a tough one. Favourite and best are different things, aren't they? Yes, that's why I said favourite. He's definitely the best. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm buying, he's time. buying time. I don't know if he's my favourite because, like. I I almost like them like the people who are little, who aren't as good. I don't know like favorite difference. He's he's up there. You know what? He probably is the favorite. He was the he was the favorite of the era where I was properly getting into footy. So my the, the poster boy on my walls kind of thing was Michael Owen. Yeah. Well, we follow Michael Owen. So it was like late nineties, early two thousands. And then by the time I was like 
so the treble season stuff, yeah, I was just coming through. That was when I thought I was like this cool lad who was going to match in Lacoste trackies, and I'm too cool to have a, a favourite player. But going did you have rock ports with your um, tracky bottoms sucked into your socks? I did not, but I did have I did own rock ports for school and I had like Lacoste tracky and stuff. Of course, and, yeah. yeah, of course. But so the era of, of me really getting into footy and loving footy and going home and away every single week was was dominated by that fella. And quite often for a part of it, he was carrying players who just didn't deserve to be on the same pitch as him. So for that for that reason, yeah, and, and luckily enough as well, it always helps under this a bit of a privileged position. Like haven't met the fella. Like I know he comes across sometimes as people like don't like him. And there's stories like he's a, he's a bit of an arsehole and stuff. I've never I never got that. I've met him a couple of times. He was he was a sound lad, sound fella. So is he my favourite ever player? Yeah, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I haven't got an answer for that. Probably not because I fucking love some of the lads now. Yeah, I, I, that's the only difference. This, this is—it's funny how it happens so quickly. Because I was watching through his. There's a 37-minute video of Steven Gerrard goals on the Liverpool YouTube channel. 37 minutes. You, know, you can sit and watch just Gerrard score goals for Liverpool. I just stands and I'm wondering how Salas is going to be. How long know, Salas is going to be? Honestly, but it's it could be like two hours. But watching watching it back, it really took it really transported me back to that time, and Gerrard. Sort of around 2000 to 2003, well, 2000 to 2002, when skinhead, it was skinhead, an- angry, angry Gerard, skinhead, angry, <laughs> but baby Gerard. at the same time, yeah, yeah. The one who just was this like scout lunatic in the middle of the pitch, and he didn't score loads of goals because he played a lot, a lot deeper, but he just had that thunderbolt of a shot on him. That was the that that everyone carks to 2005, 2006 Gerard because that is peak. That's, he was the best midfielder on the planet, in my opinion, at that at that time. But the when I loved him the most was early two thousands when he was just this bundle of energy, snapping people and, and then kicking really hard shots with the skin a little scally running around the pitch. In a shirt that's too big for him. It was like a slightly yeah. oversized, yeah. wasn't it? Defo he defo had Lacoste tracking and, and, and rock or choose, you know what I mean? At, at that time. That was me that was me So we, I think that Gerard is probably it's probably like Fowler. That Gerard is my two favourites, so he's probably like. I think I think the three him. the three players for me are Gerard, Fowler, and Carragher. They're they're the three of them, like you know what I mean. And I think you, you can tell my biases by who my three favourite players are. They yeah. are all from Liverpool. They are you know, and that, there's nothing wrong with that. I've no. got those biases. Everyone's got biases. Um, well, again, I don't, it's mad when people say things like. It's well, easier to relate to people. Yeah, 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 of course. 100%. 100%. You know, at the age when Fowler was breaking through, like he was only a couple of years older than us. You know, you still had those dreams yourself, even though you knew it was never going to fucking happen. Um, to see somebody do that was absolutely amazing. To speak, be yeah. you on the football field and be better than everybody else in the league when he breaks through. So Stephen Gerrard is, you know, for me, I think he's probably. Over the course of his career, he's the best Liverpool player that I've watched. Yeah, I would say that Suarez had the best season I've ever seen. Yeah, and was probably the height that maybe will never be touched again from that one year. But even in the Suarez Salah debate, I think Salah's a better footballer over the course of his Liverpool career because of what he was able to do. And these are all things that you've got to balance when you're looking at favourites and stuff. But ultimately, it's a lot easier to to fall in love with a footballer when they're older than you. And I think that's where your favourites are always going to be slightly older than you. Yeah, they should be, should be. And, and they should be. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Like, yeah. you know, a 50 year old fella falling in love with Mo Salah is just a bit weird. And the same players <laughs> who are a bit, who I think are a bit ageless, who are younger than you. So, like, Andy Robertson's a good example of that. He, he doesn't feel like a kid. 
you know, it's, so it's harder for me to say, say like Trent would be my favourite footballer because I see him as a young a young kid who's come come through rather than like yeah, okay, you're looking up to people. I would never have had like a I wouldn't have a Trent shirt. Not that I'd have a Gerard shirt now, but you know, to the to the point. And like Harvey Elliott, but you young did have boy. a Gerard shirt, probably. That's yeah, the difference, that's isn't exactly it? that that kind of thing. And that's just again, you're right. That's just a pure age thing, right? What we're gonna do is we are going to pick and create a definitive list, one to five, of Gerard's greatest ever goals. And if people are going to wildly disagree with us, but we're going to see, we're, we're going to be, we're going to decide because people seem to think that we talk like we are, we are the voices of authority on such things. So let's just pretend that's the case. Oh, by the way, on this section, unlike every other section, I'm only talking for myself, not for Liverpool fans. No, you're talking for every Liverpool fan. Yeah, yeah. We, oh, are, okay. we are, unfortunately, sorry, Chris, we are the de facto. This is the definitive list of yeah. Steve Gerrard's best goals. Spoiler: It's not. No, it is. No, it is. Not it's today. It is. <laughs> it is. It's sauce. Um, <laughs> He scored 100. Get on the overlap, lad, and start talking about it, lad. Yeah. He scored 186 <laughs> goals for Liverpool. He did. Most of them were brilliant. Um, his opponent that he scored most against? Everton. Aston, Aston Villa. Villa. Oh, 13 yeah. against Aston Villa. Everton, second with 10. Manchester United with 9. Uh, nine against West Ham, eight against Newcastle, seven against Bolton. Um, 178 of his goals came from starts, just eight off the substitutes bench. Three of them were in one game. One Napoli. Pretty hard to for fuck's sake, lads. Someone score goals. 120 goals in the Premier League, 30 in the Champions League, 15 in the FA Cup, nine in the League Cup, seven in the Europa League, four in the UEFA Cup, one in the World Club Championship. How many from outside the box? I will. I don't know actually. Um, 129 from open play, 47 penalties, 10 direct free kicks. At least 10. Then. The spell of the game when he scored his most goals. Ooh, 15 to 30. 61 to 75. That was my next guess. 42 goals <laughs> in that spell of a football match. Um, yeah, fascinating stuff. Okay, so did you have an answer some... on outside the box? No, no, no. no I don't. Um, um, can I just? We've got different definitions. What fascinating. <laughs> the minutes of the game thing I've got, I don't give a fuck like, I'll be honest yeah. Yeah. I remember the goals they were boss but I'll be honest 61 to 75 fascinating what was his least spell probably 1 to 15 1 to 15 yeah correct fascinating, fascinating. fascinating. absolutely fucking fascinating by comparison um, cool throw let's throw some let's throw some goals out there debut goal Sheffield Wednesday that dribble that feint that finish was it Sheffield Wednesday? It was. You're looking at me like it was yeah, not. It was the debut. It was the de- debut. It's de- debut goal. It's his first goal. First goal. Uh, West Ham is the obvious one. That's that. FA Cup final. FA Cup final. That's going to be number one for me. Um, the best technical goal was the Marseille goal. That is, like, there are very few players in the world who can score that goal. That is absolutely outrageous. That, he scores that goal, how Jordan Henderson Cross, crosses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, it, from that position, ev- everyone else just first down crosses and he scores. It's outrageous how good It's still that goal talked is. about on watch-alongs when anyone does that. <laughs> it's just like that goal that Gerrard scored. That's out of this world good. You know, a, a different one as well. I loved, remember the 4 against Everton when he scored the header from the corner? Yeah. I loved that goal. Because it was it was Gerard once again just owning, and we did it again later on. He scored a free kick in the again, but it was one of those moments where like 
it's a big game that Roberto Martinez and Everton have turned up on the pool on, on a hunt for the league title and we fucking battered them. Yeah. And it started with, and it's like, how many goals did Gerrard score in the corner? That'd be fascinating if we could find that out. I know, I know of one. Everton, he used to take the corners. So the fact that he was in the box, it was a deliberate plan for Liverpool to get him on the end of it. And the emotion when he runs over to Suarez and he's fucking, he's made up. I remember being at that game with Dan Kennett and we were just, it was out, it was just a, such an unbelievable moment. One of the, my favourite ones is 2001, Manchester United. Pass Bartes. Pass Bartes. From 30 yards. And we, me, you and our mate Steve spent probably two weeks afterwards, every time we went to the park, trying to recreate that goal. And it is not possible because it is physics and biology defying because to normally get that amount of power, you need the ball out from under your feet. And he doesn't, he doesn't get the ball out from under his feet at all. It's so close to him to generate that power and that sort of backlift when the ball is about six inches in front of his foot. It's like... um Bruce Lee one-inch punch type yeah. of thing that somehow you've managed to like soup yourself up and just and just ping it, and, and particularly because the context of being Manchester United of us just being in their shadow for so long, and we'd had some good like smash and grab games against them, but all of a sudden you had Gerard like coming up on the rails, Scouse hero smashing shots in past them. That's got like that meant a lot to yeah. me. That goal, a lot of it because the tech, there's difference between like favourites and technical goals. Like some of them, the, what is it, Middlesbrough? I yeah, think it's Middlesbrough from like when from, he like, it a down. billion yards out on the right hand side. And it, like that is outrageous. I, like, that's unbelievable. And it was funny because watching that video you referenced before, and it just uh, it's quite near the end, isn't it? Middlesbrough's like, oh yeah, Gerard's just scored from seventy yards out from the right touchline against Middlesbrough. Oh yeah, that's just another goal. It's unbelievable. How good that one is like there's loads of the Newcastle free kick when the lad is it Lucas who thinks taps it to him oh yeah and he, he isn't smashes but he it. isn't ready because he, Lucas tries he to steps back he steps there, back because he's trying to get the, the wall to jump and then he oh, oh okay I best just I put, run up there and put this and then and then I think he went and knocked the DJ out as well like, <laughs> straight after it so that's all right so there's allegedly um, uh, the um, oh yeah you got off it already yeah. yeah the um, the that one in particular, and it's funny because certain strikes that like look great from the TV camera angle and look a little bit worse when you start to put them in different ones. That Newcastle one is the perfect example of a TV angle strike. It's just arrowed. It's people don't score those goals anymore. That is a very mid two thousands. There's goal. a look and a feel to those goals. Yeah, the ball moves differently now. It moves too much. That's the difference. Whereas they could hit those ones straight. There was another one that was very very similar that I actually preferred, which was the Southampton one. Because it's a muddy pitch as well, and it's like he picks the ball up just on the edge of the centre circle, shifts it five yards forwards. He's probably thirty-five to forty yards out, and just arrows it into the top bin. Exactly the same. The ball just—it looks like it's been hit from a driver in golf, and it just goes like that into the top bin. You don't get those goals now. It's fucking beautiful. So yeah, that 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 thing of. It was like a technique that existed for a little while that like rolling. John Anna recently made a little bit, a bit of a career out of yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely smashing it. The, it was one of the things, again, in, in that they put it into Pro Evo so you could press a press like L1 or whatever and have that and have that happen because it was like a, it was the on vogue thing. It's like the draft excluder now, isn't it? How things are, are very much of their time in the Premier League. Like everyone trying the Roberto Carlos free kick in the late in the late 90s. Um, that, that thing is a such an archetypal. Gerard hit of hitting something pure, straight as an arrow, flying in the in the top corner, and it's one of the things that he, he lost in, in in toward the tail end of his career, like the thunderbolt. He just didn't have that for like the last probably 
three or four years. I think that's a, I think that's your body. Yeah, I think that it's, it is, it? it's, it's much easier to <laughs> curl a ball when you're a little bit older than it is to strike. Remember the one he done against City late on past Joe Hart? It was kind of reminiscent, wasn't it? it was ah the Gerrard of old? Yeah, was it a League Cup game? I think I can't remember. Felt more. I think you box. could do it from ten to fifteen yards out. A you know a little bit older in your life, but I don't think 30, 40 well, yards. It's something Rafa Benitez said to me years ago about that. It's growing. So yeah. the groins weaken as you get older, and that's where so you can't right. generate that kind of that generate that kind of power anymore. So we had to change his technique, and it was sad because it reminded me watching him score those of the last like 13, 14, where he tries to pull it back out, and he just doesn't have the muscle memory anymore because it's been that many years since he's had to do it, and so he has a late one on in the Chelsea game, and he, he puts it over the bar, and it goes nowhere near. And it's like that hit the hero moments of it all. We haven't even mentioned like Olympiacos yet as well, yes, <laughs> which yeah. is another and Istanbul, of course. And, and, and the, the thing with like when usually a lad shoots from 30, 40, 50 yards, it's usually like a hit and hope. But with Steven Gerrard, it was it wasn't a hope. It was like he's pro- he, there's a very good chance he scores from this. Anyone else, if you're playing against the team, you'd be like, don't give a fuck if he, anyone shoot from there. Like if, if Kevin De Bruyne does it now, if, if if I'd rather Kevin De Bruyne shoot from fifty yards than be on the edge of the box playing these amazing what passes through. You know, it just you just would. With Gerrard, teams could not let him shoot, so they had to because he was that good at it. Like he, it wasn't hit and hope. It was a it was an actual skill that he had. It wasn't just I'm just gonna hope belt this one and goes in because he, he did it so many. The, the Olympiacos goal to go back being in that stadium for that goal was as me- I will never forget that as long as I live. It's up there with like I was I was right behind because I was in the Anfield Road above the Olympiacos fans with my little brother, and it's just one of those that it was the second Neil Mellor headed the two and we knew he'd scored. Yeah, and like that that doesn't happen. You don't, that, everyone's cheering, everyone knows it's in, and obviously ev- people relate to it now through the commentary that what it hits them. But I remember it from the stadium of my view, and I I'll, I just remember. As soon as Carragher knocks it forward, Mel nods it down, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, he's going to fucking score this goal!" Everyone knew straight away. The thing of it is, is the as well because yes, it did in the stadium thing, absolutely. But it, the amount of iconic commentary moments that Steven Gerrard is responsible for, and the three that stand out is that is Olympiacos. You've got Newcastle with Andy Joe, Andy Grace's yeah. top draw. In fact, no, it's a level above that. It's above the top draw. You know, he's got, <laughs> he's, he's got that, and you've got Carl Tilsley. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> here we go for for, for Istanbul. Absolutely, and even like again, the West Ham. You know, it's like stoppage time and all that kind of stuff. I so I mean, you mentioned it. Just remind me what you said. What's your what's your fate? What's your favourite? If you had, if you had, if you were West Ham, because I, again, I was there and that we we were, we didn't we, we weren't win the FA Cup. It was that simple. The lag, you couldn't walk, and there's no one else in the world. Again, go back to it. West Ham could head that ball out to that position to a five hundred different players, and they won the FA Cup. But they knock it. It go if, if for some reason it forced to Steven Gerrard, and it's the fact that it doesn't bounce. It bounces in the goal. It's just outrageous. And the moment in time, I, I again, was you at that game? I, think, not, I was. I was manager of pub uh, in one of the worst days of my entire life. That, so, was, so, that was where it was where. But but to the point, I was the most stressed I've ever been in work trying to manage a, manage a bar while that game was on. So Liverpool, I've I've conceding goals and I'm having nightmare after nightmare. The whole day is the worst it could possibly be, and for Gerard to then rescue that, it was like and being a, in a compact bar that could not have had more people in it and, and erupting on that was a huge, huge. Moment. And it's like that's how, like again, if you're going to lose a cup final, they're going to score off a cross, and there's going to be an own goal, and your goalie's going to make a mistake that loud. Like that's how you lose cup finals. Like, fuck it, is that what we're going to do? 
and it was so hot. I can't. I, it was so. It was boiling, and it, no one could run. No one could even walk. That's why he has to shoot. So yeah, that that. If I was making my list of top five, that West Ham would be number one for me. Yeah, I think his first goal. I think it's the, you know for me, and I never, I never really thought. I've never really thought about what his best goal was until today. And it's the way that he picks the ball up. He's never scored for Liverpool before. You play in Sheffield Wednesday. He dribbled past one man and then he shoulder faints for seconds and lets the ball roll past him. And that, for me, now is why it's probably my favourite is I've seen loads of people score the first goal to Liverpool and I've seen them go on to not achieve a lot of, a lot of stuff. But for, for that first goal to go on and set the tempo for his entire Liverpool career and everything that he could become, like that for me was just, what a, what a perfect way to start it all. I, 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 remember, I remember where I was when I watched that, and I was, I was just at home in the living room watching mm-hmm. it on telly, but that feeling of, yeah, like, oh my God, he's a, he's, a, he's a superstar. He's an absolute superstar. And it had so much Michael Owen vibe to it. You know what I mean? Michael Owen, Argentina. It's like, and that's what it's like. He's oh ours. We've got another one. Oh my God, we've got another See, one who can do, who can just walk through a team and score a goal. <laughs> he showed the to a Premier League centre-back. Well, he sent, to the floor. Well, he sends, to the Des, floor. He sends Des Walker to the last one. He goes past <laughs> right at the end on his, on his arse. He was an England centre-back. He was a good centre-back, Des Walker. I got that feeling from the Man United. Bartes one I was like, oh my god, who is yeah. this fella? Like he, I know he'd been around. I know he'd been around for a while, and he'd been good. I, think I was at that game. I was. I definitely was. Scored. It, 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 it was it, outrageous, it, and I was yeah. like, ah, yeah, we've got, we've like this lad is special because like that's Man United, and they've got a like they are the best. And this fella's running rings around him, and by the way, he can score from 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 there. Yeah, I, had, I remember being in the ground that one, thinking, wow. Two honourable mentions for uh, Merseyside derby at Anfield in I think twelve thirteen. Kick. The left-footed. Oh no! When he dinks dink. it over, the key. Uh, the American, the American goalkeeper. Yeah. Is that his hat trick game? Yeah. 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 Um, ast- Martin Kelly's involved in that, yeah, and then Martin, it breaks to him on Ke- the edge of the box, yeah. doesn't it? And he left foots it over yeah. them. Yeah. Dink. And Howard looks like he pulls his arms out the way, <laughs> but I think it might have gone past. Yeah, it's a good goal. There. And the other derby one when he runs into the box and then a Goodison. Oh, he does, the, he does the. He oh, does no, the. Oh no, yeah, yeah, you're right. Sticks the tongue out. That that is so. That is the moment when I talk about Scally Gerrard. I was at that. Oh, one as well. they were throwing coins at him. That's why he done it. Yeah. Yeah. I was on. And that, that was skinhead Scally Gerrard. Yeah, yeah, I was at that one as well. I was in the Everton stand for that one. You know, that was in the days when you could go to the derby and sit in the, in the same stand as Everton, and they were giving him pelts. He was playing right wing, and he gives it the the tongue down the thing. Yeah, that was that that moment of yeah of yeah. You're, you're at Goodison Park. You've given the ears and decided that the ears aren't enough. Tongue. You gotta pull it. <laughs> oh yeah, the pure scal magic. I remember the hat trick one. They used to sing the stuff, horrendous stuff, off his kids, and he, he put the put the ball up his shirt and was doing all like stuff on his phone. Like he, he loved giving it to Everton fans. Even that one I referenced earlier, the header with Gerard, the Suarez one. He gives the Everton fans the the, the thing before he before he goes. Like you know, even, he done it recently. They even even Villa manager and they gave him a stick and he gave him a little wave and stuff like he. Yeah. He always he got the loves it. He always got the loves it. Gerard, yeah. So I think by my count, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, nine suggestions. We should, Maybe have, we should have done a top ten, shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, well, no, nah, that's rubbish. Um, we put a poll, or Dan put a poll out, which is we're going to have an ultimate winner via the, the Twitter poll. We had two semi finals. He put Olympiacos, Middlesbrough, Aston Villa 2007. That was the other one I was free about kick. to mention. Sorry, is the free kick opening day of the season? The free kick is 
perfection. It's ridiculous. It's up and down. It's above it's, the crossbar and it comes down under the crossbar. Perfect. I love goals in white it, kits as well. It yeah. starts five yards out. When you yeah. see the view from behind them and it's, it's five <laughs> yards away from the goal and you're like, I know this goes into the very top corner here. How does that happen? Yeah. Man United 2001, which is the one we've, we've talked about. Uh, AC Milan 2005. Hello, hello. Here we go. Everton 2001. West Ham 2006. And Real Madrid 2009 is another, is another game. That whole game. Yeah. I don't think the goal was anywhere near as good as some of the others but the occasion was one of the best Napoli's not on there there's another thing I'm going to put Napoli down as well Give was Marseille on there? Marseille is not on there that's, that's a fucking unbelievable goal that's ridiculous okay so your favourite goal is West Ham yeah. your favourite goal Chef Wed- Sheffield Wednesday I oh, I think West Ham might be my favourite might be my favourite goal. It's just impossible. It's just impossible. It's stupid. It's an it, impossible it's not, goal. It's not. You're deciding between what type of goal as well. Oh god. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you just look at it and go, "Oh, that one's slightly better than that," but they're all the same. Stephen Gerrard's got everything. Yeah. I, I think. I think Istanbul headers got to be in there. Yeah. Because it's. I yep. mean, for a start, it's ridiculous. Yep. It's, it's stupidly it's good ridiculously stupid. You don't and score headers from there. I think maybe we've got to think about it from this regard of like, can we almost get? To have a definitive top five, it's like what's his best long range strike? It's got to be West Ham because it's fucking forty yards out <laughs> and it's on the half volley and it's. Yeah, I, w- I would classes long range volleys and drilled shots as completely different long ranges. So, I think you've got to have a Southampton or a Newcastle or a United long range. Uh, Kyle Driver, two thousand one United should be in this list, I think. Okay, West so, Ham, Istanbul. The West, Ham one, I, the West Ham one I don't actually think is technically as good as the Middlesbrough one, to oh. be honest. I don't. <laughs> doesn't bounce, Chris. The Middlesbrough one is outrageous. I get it. it it's brilliant as well. I really, I'd love the Marseille but to be in it. You know, you win a cup off the back of it. So it it, it, it trumps the Middlesbrough one, I'll, I'll agree. And Arcos as well. Oh my God, this so, is so hard. So, West Ham, there's no particular order just yet. West Ham, FA Cup final. Istanbul, AC Milan header. Manchester United, 2001 one. I think maybe Southampton and Newcastle ones are better than the United one, but it's not against United. Sheffield Wednesday. Is his best dribbly goal? Is his best that? <laughs> and then, does the Villa free kick? Because it's a free kick. Yeah. Or, again, we, or again, could we put New, do we put Newcastle, Newcastle as the free kick? Newcastle could be the free kick. We are doing the Marseille goal. Such a this is. I don't even remember the Marseille goal. It's the one where he crosses it into the, the, the top bin. No, Marseille, Jordan Henderson, oh, the right Jordan so. Henderson round okay. the corner. Yeah, yeah, that's, a, let's just say it was a cross and I've done. And then we don't need to put it in. Oh, <laughs> There's so many goals. The Middlesbrough goal is stupid. I think the Middlesbrough goal is better than the Newcastle goal. I just said that. No, the Newcastle goal. Oh, Oh right, okay. The Newcastle. I still think United is the best drilled one because where the ball is, the ones that you're, it's it's out in front of them that you're meant to go and whack that. This ball's there, and for some reason, it, it, it's yeah, but the Southampton one is, is a fucking shit pitch. It is. It's fucking mud. He's forty yards from goal, it's and it goes stupid. into the top <laughs> bin. He's much further out. I drilled it for further for longer. Okay, so let's just say enshrined. Okay, Istanbul, West Ham, Istanbul. They're the two enshrined. Sheffield Wednesday. That's a personal preference thing, and I'd understand it if you didn't like it. I love that goal. I mean, yeah. So uh, there's three cast. It's already on the tablet that we're going to bring down from on from on high here. Three of the five 
immovable, immutable. We've got two more slots left. Okay. Jesus. Yeah. Olympiacos probably needs to be Olympia, in this yeah, list, doesn't it? It has to be. It has to be. I think it has, has to, to be. be. Okay. So what we're saying then is we've got for our last spot is between Manchester United 2001, Newcastle. Villa, Marseille. Marseille, Villa free kick. I'd still throw Southampton into the mix. Southampton. Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. That's six. One of the Everton's. Oh, Both the Everton's. <laughs> I think, okay, of all those goals, I think the Marseille one's the best, but I could be talked into the Middlesbrough one because it's outrageous how far out it is. The volley. The, the volley from The one where he, he chests it down and, and then sort of touches it with the tip of his penis and then volleys it, it down the corner. And it goes, it's, like, it's miles away it, and it bends like can a we, Can banana. we just put it up here in front of us just quickly so we can watch a couple of these back? No. Yeah, I think it's important. <laughs> I think it's I important. Think, I think... I think... No, I, I... You can pick the fifth one. You're the host one. You can, no, I, I think you should both made a strong case. Are you happy with that? Are I think the Middlesbrough one's sensational. We're going to... It's best, probably best not to think on. It's this is a bit like filling the lifeboats on the Titanic. This isn't it. Yeah. Is, it's, it's think about who you've saved, not who you've lost. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> that, 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 that. Focus only on what we've managed to. Sorry, Marseille. Sorry, Everton goals. Not what we've lost here. And may God have mercy on their souls. All those wonderful goals. Fight for yourselves. Who did we lose? We gained Marseille. Middlesbrough. That's fine. That's it. Shh. So, of the the five that we've got, West Ham, yeah. Istanbul, yeah. Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. It's like a who's who of Gerard goals. <laughs> Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. Olympiacos. Olympiacos. Ah, Middlesbrough. yeah. Use both like West Ham. I'd be comfortable going West Ham number one. Okay, let's go bottom to top then. Five, number five. It's outrageous that the goal against Fulham Piarcos might be number five in this list. I think he, I think Steve's right. It's probably. I is. think it is. It's not. Oh God. It's iconic. But oh like, my God, the feelings <laughs> though. It, it, are we talking technically or like the feels? Let's let's describe that. Don't say both because that that doesn't help the situation. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, right. What are they again? Olympiacos. Yeah. Middlesbrough. Sheffield. AC, AC Milan. Sheffield Wednesday. West Ham. That's West the order. Olympiacos. Five. Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. AC Milan. AC Milan. Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday two. Yeah. Over Olympiacos. I'd be I'd be putting Sheffield Wednesday probably fifth in this if I'm being honest. <laughs> okay, let's do that. Yeah. Sheffield I'm Wednesday fine with that. fifth. Doesn't matter to me. Middlesbrough or Olympiacos fourth. Because, right. The Middlesbrough goal is a better goal. The Olympiacos goal is a better goal. It hits me in the feels. <laughs> yeah. So let's put Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough four. Middlesbrough four. Olympiacos three. Istanbul. Istanbul two. West Ham one. West Ham one. I'm, I can go with Olympiacos. I personally think Istanbul's too high. I don't... I, I, it's, it's... Okay. It's... Yeah, I can't. It's, again... It's, I'm judging it on the goal. Yeah, I'm judging it on the feels. No, no, but... On the goal, it's as well. He's <laughs> on the edge of the 18 yard box and he headers a ball with no pace. We should have done I understand how it worked. No, 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 but I'm just spelling it out just, to, just in case because it maybe it feels like you've forgotten how good a goal it was. Maybe the others are better. He directs the header, he, he turns the ball to a completely on 45 degree <laughs> moves it on. The others are better. The far top corner. I'm not debating it was a good goal, by final. the way. I'm not debating it was a good goal. I'm just saying. The other one is Salah's past Des Walker and Sheffield, Sheffield hey, Wednesday. Listen, it's definitely not the best goal in Champions League final history. 
it's not, but it's not. It can't be far off. It's not top three. What I'd say is we should. It's not as good as Zidane's We should have done a ranking of like mark out of ten for how good the goal was, and then a mark out of ten for feels. He's not even got the best scousers goal in Champions League. We should have done ten a mark out of ten for the goal, a mark out of ten for the absolute vibes of the goal, and then got a rating score. Nah, that is right. West Ham wins. But we've been going for an yeah. hour and forty minutes, so maybe we <laughs> should West do this before. This is the pre-planning. It's nice that we talked about West. That's why West Ham's won because it's ten for the goal and ten for the fields. Yes. Istanbul's like a seven and a ten, a little seventeen mark. Olympiakos. Oh look, seven. I wasn't going that low. I was going eight. Olympiakos. He's just give technically Istanbul seven for the goal. Oh no, sorry. Oh yeah, ten enough, for yeah. the vibes. Istanbul is. A 10 out of 10 header. Yeah. 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 There's only so much you can do with the header. Yeah. I exactly. There you go. We've and the fact that he managed to do that. Yeah. We had a like, voice. The only header that comes close in Liverpool history is Alison Becker in terms think, of that. I, I think a header's better, worth half as much as a fucking a, a, an unbelievable volley. Okay. Well, so it's a 5 okay, out of 5 header. Oh shit, Chris. But a 10 out of 10 volley. Heads and volleys literally gives you one point for a volley. And how much for the head? One. Two points for the head, double the amount of points because it's much harder to score a header than it is to score with your feet. So we have, we it's have, football. Yeah, we but there's not like, list. there's a big difference between a fucking pee roller and a fucking forty yard volley. The headers are all the same. They're all just the That's same. A, that is, that I, is I, I, I nonsense. Umbridge, I take umbrage with your headers are all the same. Nonsense. <laughs> Sadio Mane, Aston Villa, yeah. Stephen Gerrard, Istanbul. Yeah, just that. Couldn't be any more different. Shut up. Right, that is our definitive list. Uh, let us know yours in the comments. Um, do you agree or disagree? What are your thoughts on on those that were left behind? <laughs> There, there were none left behind. <laughs> yeah, good, good. I don't know what, my, my, elite mentality, they're, they're, they're gone. Stephen Jarrett's 181 goals have just disappeared into the ether. Yeah. Like, like Thanos clicked his fingers on them and they've all just like just floated away. Yeah, if you enjoyed the debate as well, make sure you drop a like on the video. I'm always much appreciated. Uh, and we've got loads more debates on, on big things around Liverpool. We've got an entire series called The Debate Show on redmenplus.com. Uh, it's currently on hiatus, but we've got a great load of, of that in the archive uh, on redmenplus.com, so make sure you get involved with that. Date. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, we had a super chat uh, in, the, in the midst of all of this from Trig Josh. Says, Hi, Redman. Hi, Milner Josh. has been an important player for Liverpool in view of injuries. Should slash are Liverpool be in the market for a versatile player to fill Milner's yeah, multifunctional functionality as replacement? Would Jordan... I don't know the There's Jordan no Anderson way I'm Jordan Anderson's dogging at right back. I, I, nor should he. Yeah. No. I, we should, we, we've, we've kind of moved past it. Calvin Ramsey helps you. I think, I think I five, think sub, five, sub, five subs helps. probably removes your need for a versatile footballer. Yeah, it's a good one. Because you can have, all of a sudden we've got full backs on the bench, which we never when you, we when, never you can name, when you can name nine subs, you don't have to worry about your fifth FM sloppy and guy who's got every every slash next to his position. My honest well. feeling on Jordan Henderson is, because if you remember the summer when his contract was up in the air, Atletico Madrid wanted him, and they'll be and people. I think people would be shocked how many good football teams would want a piece of Jordan Henderson on the continent if he if he decided he'd had enough at Liverpool. You know, th- there's there's a lot of those like Italian and Spanish sides who would um, who would very much like Jordan Henderson as a midfield. I think to answer Josh's question, I think it's a combination of Joe Gomez and Jordan Henderson as a duo. Is that someone who can play a few different things in midfield? And someone who can play right back and do another job somewhere else. Well, probably those two. Although I'm not, sure, I'm not too sure about our. Uh, I, I think he covers a DM, which is massive for us at the moment because obviously. Um, we haven't got Tyler Morton and your Bicetic is probably aren't quite ready to step up into that role. 
So I think it's good to have someone who can tide you over until they're ready. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Um, brilliant. Thanks so much for that, Josh. Um, huge podcast this week. That was far longer than I ever dreamed it would be. She said. It's right. Um, Not to me. <laughs> <laughs> that was disappointing. <laughs> you gave it the big and you really didn't give it the big um, I am thoroughly underwhelmed. <laughs> if you want an uncut version of this podcast where we chat about things that we would not normally dream of chatting on a public forum, then come and join us for Podcast Extra. It'll be live in about 10 minutes after this over on redmenplus.com. You can scan the QR code or you can head to redmenplus.com, sign up and get involved with that for video and podcast, as well as our whole incredible archive of documentaries interviews and new shows each and every week in addition to the free stuff we put out on YouTube and also want to make mention we've got a new live show on YouTube uh, Sunday through Thursday 9pm Tuesday night is Chris Pajak Mr. Tuesday night first debut on the live show Steve that is on Monday night I had the man on Sunday I'm doing Thursday Sunday this week I'm Tuesday. also tossing up whether to just do, Ooh, a, do a watch along tonight for the England game to be honest on me Todd Ooh. I might just do that as well wow you be you bold strides and thought just need forward. to make sure Joe's got the capacity to yeah <laughs> yeah Joe's so Joe Joe's sat over this cornflake <laughs> what um, yeah good luck with that uh, anyway yeah stay tuned make sure you okay. subscribe to the YouTube channel click the notification bell if you want to be notified when we do go live and that would be a big help indeed right cool uh, we're going to have a, have a week turn things around and head back for podcast extra hope to see us over there and see you soon bye if you want more an extra Red Men podcast each and every week, but you're unsure what the best platform for it, well, the best platform is, of course, redmenplus.com. But if you are absolutely married to Spotify, if you cannot live without Spotify in your life, you can get the Red Men Plus podcast there now. Simply search for us on there, sign up through there, and you'll be able to access all of the new weekly podcasts from Red Men Plus directly in your Spotify app. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.